Recording in progress. I'll run with it. Ladies and gents, episode 40 of the 2PTs One Podcast. We have had a little break, but we are back today with periodization and programming. Those words are going to mean different things to different people. For anyone that's just an avid gym goer, just to lose weight and everything else, programming is going to be one of the ones which you're going to need to learn a little bit more about. Periodization is something Miles will be accustomed to playing football. And generally anyone within uh, an event-based leading up to a certain time period or a team sport that's on a schedule. So if you're going through anything like an off-season in any realm, this is generally where periodization is going to come in because you're going to have certain phases where performance is going to change. So I think we should tick the boxes of programming first just so the people that aren't bothered about periodization can come in. We can give them a little timestamp and then they can bugger off again if they want to. But if they do bugger off, the admission fee for leaving is a like. <laughs> <laughs> a like, subscribe, everything like above. Subscribe. But yeah, I think, yeah. Um, I think even if you're someone who doesn't play sports on a regular and might not need as much of a periodized program, shall we say, um, it's good to know. I think it's good to know the ins and outs of a program, how maybe um, someone else might program your sessions, another coach or something like that. So I think um, I think the better understanding you of how a program works and how to progress that, then it's definitely worth listening to. I think the only way you could potentially put periodization and program together is if you had scheduled deloads. I don't personally believe in having a scheduled deal load because I think it should be individually based, so auto-regulated. So deal load, for anyone that's not sure, is basically just taking a slight drop-off in intensity and volume or just taking time off training altogether. So obviously this is when we might try and just recover a little bit quicker if the stress is just too much and the body's beginning to feel it. That's probably the only time that you periodize and if it's like a six or an eight, which is typically, but I don't do that with clients. Mine's yeah, they, they say don't they? They say usually like after you've had a, a six to eight plan, then you'll have a week or two where you like you said volume drops. But again, it's it's very individual. Like some people will be able to carry on, but it comes to the question of do you deload when the individual is already tired or do you try to pre-praise that? So if you've got periods where you know it's going to be highly intensible, then do you need to deload just beforehand just to make sure that they're fully recovered before going into that intensive period? Pretty much like pre-season. Like before you go yeah. into pre-season, there's a transitional off-season before you go into the high-intensity, high-volume pre-season. Stop that. I don't know how you do your online guys, but mine's still good old Google Sheets. But mine look at measuring physical recovery and stress. Like I'm not asking for HRV or anything like that. It's literally just their personal perception. Because the person, especially even if it's just mental, because I think one of mine is state of readiness. 
if the person is in a state of readiness and it's in the absolute floor, their motivation to go and train and then train to an intense level is probably going to be down. So I wouldn't even look at deload as something that's going to be physical. I'd look at it as a mental deload as well, especially if you are pushing training quite aggressively, if you are in a strength phase. If you're generally just going on a face-to-face, um, it's just going to be conversation and just understanding how the individual likes to train. But yeah. it also comes with experience as well. Someone that's been at the gym two weeks and is feeling sore, if you have DOMS, that is not the sign to deload. <laughs> a deload doesn't come after four sessions. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, after day one, bloody hell, I must need a break of work hard. Get this on again. <laughs> Yeah, for a week, one session. But yeah, I think like it's um, the the way I I use deload and stuff like that. Fuck off. Um, is the way that like I will base it off either looking at the schedule, looking at what the the work the capacity they have done, and look at their their readiness right now. Um, I mean within their kind of training phase anyway. So I know some people are quite like. Ain't all about oh if they're gonna be eighty five percent of this they're gonna be working at this rate there's reps and stuff like that, but mine's very much based off yeah there's a there's a skeleton involved, but if they've not slept well that day or they've had a lot of stress that day and stuff like that, I don't go to a ride. We're still gonna be generally at this load if they're not at the capacity to be able to do it. I'll drop down to a point where they can perform at them because. As we know, weight-wise is very relevant to obviously how much we can output on that day. So, it's again, it comes to it comes down to experience. It comes to a bit of listening to your body, and it comes to a bit of kind of playing around with it a little bit. Just to get back as get us back on topic, if you could define programming. In a sentence, what would you say? Um, oh, buddy, hell. I, don't, I don't think I've ever asked that. Um, programming in a <laughs> sentence, a, a structured plan towards a goal. Yeah, that's fair. Because obviously programming. <laughs> so have, well, give me a round of applause, people. Come on, raise them up. Raise them up. I've done my best. Because um, obviously it plays into exercise. Well, the actual exercise, reps, volume, sets, well, those are all volume. Um, and then that will obviously accrue over the space of a week. So you could talk about volume in general. So obviously, what does your week or two-week cycle look like? Are you doing so many sessions per phase? And then also looking in terms of rest and also intensity, because I feel like you can't just set reps and sets as a focus because what anyone could pick the lightest weight in the gym and do 10 reps, that's not going to create any stimulus. Yeah, but that's when the further more details into it, doesn't it? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> now again. Um, so we can look at it in terms of the directive of it's putting each individual piece of what you will be told or what you'll read on social media and everything else in terms of, yeah, you need to train to intensity. But it's like, Within what? One rep max work? 10 rep max work? Do I need to do max strength work? This is when it all comes together for the individual because obviously 
a program will be designed about getting you to the best place, but it also, cliche, works to the individual's best capability. And that's not just in the fact of what they can and can't do, but also what they are doing at the same time. Yeah. And also the thing is as well, this this level of talking to at the moment, we're talking about people who are already quite in a minute when it comes to their training. They've, they've kind of had a level of understanding. They've, they've gone for a general type of program. They're progressing on top of that. They're trying to make some kind of gains, whether that's, again, like you're saying, strength, speed, hypertrophy, all that type of stuff. Um, if you are a, a sole beginner, then yeah, you, you're going to have to periodize a time for them adaptions to change, obviously, because you're going to be very brand new to stimulus, any type of change within programs. But what we're talking about now, when we're talking about that kind of level of focus and all that, you need to go through a good level of understanding and time of understanding any type of movement and coordinating that well before moving on to anything like this. Because the moment the moment that weight starts stepping up, we're going to find some weaknesses. We're going to find some issues with your level of understanding of how your body moves. Yeah, I've got this currently. So I will set in a skill acquisition phase first, just so people understand how they're meant to be moving. I don't need to label it skill acquisition phase. I could just say hypertrophy phase within, yeah, or phase one. Hypertrophy phase, we're going to be working to 10 to 12 rep work. And I don't need to make it sound boring by saying, yeah, we're just there to learn the skill. It's like, no, this is our muscle building phase. Because to a potential, it is. And yeah, because they're going to be so new to it. Yeah. But then I have a focus with this, and then I have a secondary focus. That, that, that's, what, that's what's going to keep training fun as well. But like, I think a coach has always got a second directive between something. And it's like, I want you to sleep more not and, and i'm not looking at the individual and be like because it, it helps your ability to recover yeah i know it helps your ability to recover it's going to make you feel better oh great yeah <laughs> and but the recovery side for me is that secondary goal so i look at it in terms of like okay what's something i can keep in within the client's potentially current routine if they're already training and help them stay motivated to train whilst potentially going over some more technical stuff that they might have never done before, which might be not too alien because obviously there's only so many movement patterns we will actually go through, but it might require certain changes and certain manipulations due to like loading. So I might just need to take a step and just be like, right, okay, first few weeks. That could be anyone as well. That's people that are just new to the gym. These few weeks, we get used to the movements that we're implementing. Yeah. Then from that phase, we can then work into heavier load or moving that load quicker or whatever. Or even seeing your range of motion. There's, you think yeah. of it like it, let's say like, for example, like a split squat, then you change the diameter of either front loading so you put your foot on a front step um, or even back loading and putting your foot on the back one. Like there's so many manipulations and stuff like that. So if you find that, when we're talking about all this, we're constantly going from one thing to another. It isn't as straightforward as people think. Like there are so many factors that play around into whether you want to go in this direction or not. Just take that into consideration. Yeah. Nothing, 
I think this is also a big issue. Nothing is going to be black and white. Like I used to send PDFs to clients, but then I realized that I can't change a PDF, so I just have to send the PDF again. So I might as well work in a format that I can change and it just changes for them. Because <laughs> then if I look at an issue, I'm like, right, I might need to change that. I don't need to keep sending them a PDF every other week. I can work within a range where it's like, right, check in. Okay, this week, this has been changed for this reason. It's, it's nothing like, <laughs> it's nothing on the client half the time. It's just like, yeah, we attempted this. It's not the best movement for us. So let's make a slight adjustment and see if that's a good movement for us. Progress on from there. You you just work around the roundabout because you don't go straight over a roundabout and just hope for the best. <laughs> well, unless, you, you're <laughs> a, unless you're a BMW, and yeah, maybe it's me, maybe it's that, but mm. but yeah, but um let's say for example, we've got a, a brand new client, obviously brand new to the gym, not really done that much experience in the gym. They might have played around with the machines and stuff like that. How structured would your program be? Because for me, I'm very, I want to say I'm passive. I've got my, I've got my excellent solutions. I've got my rep ranges. I've got my kind of intensity guard, but I, pl- I let allow a lot of freedom simply because I know that a lot can change in that first kind of six to 12 weeks when they're brand new. Yeah. Would you, would you fully I, agree on that one or do you have anything different from mine? No, hundred percent. Like I can, I can go in with a skeleton session, have the consultation with someone, do the assessment, like go over certain movements with them. And then as soon as we go into a position that might be like loaded, they completely change. So it's like, I, I will have everything written down, but I don't write reps and sets. I have like a bait, a template written down so that I know I can go away and just be like, right, okay. Let's see how this performs. And okay, if that's an issue, do we need to address that first? Yeah, potentially. So we'll swap out, jump back in. Okay, on two weeks' time, that's now improved. Okay, great. Let's see if we can advance that. It's the scale continuum of, I think, oh God, I think it was a podcast that we did um, when we did them at your old flat and we did the old prone cobra talk. Oh, I know what you want to know about now. We're doing yeah. environments in gyms. Yeah. But then obviously the prone cobra talk. And it's like if some if someone can't go through like a deadlift or they don't know the capability or the range they should be going through, because it's the same argument in terms of like people are terrified of spinal flexion. It's not if you know the range you should be going through for spinal flexion, it's absolutely fine. But sometimes it might just take one of them months just to be like, right, I need you to be aware of how you can move. So coming in and doing something relatively progressive because you say you've got training experience and then coming in and doing it and you're like, yeah, yeah let's, uh, let's chuck it back to the front cobra here and then we'll move back up in that range. Nothing wrong with that. Sometimes it's the one step forward, it, one step back, two steps forward approach which is when programming, once you know an individual properly, is really great. But then for the first couple of weeks, it can be a skeleton or in line. Like I said, just, I keep it in a document that I can adjust because I might get a footage from a client and just be like, right, I need to make a slight adjustment because they're manipulating it a certain way or the parameters that I'm setting 
need to be changed. Well, there's a, there's a there's a priority priority list, isn't there, when it comes to making any kind of program? I mean, obviously, goal is regardless. That's the the biggest thing. You you need to know your let's say end goal or set before making a program. Then obviously you got the three the big ones: the volume, intensity, frequency. Then you might look at sets and reps, and then you p- potentially look at exercise selection or the latter two might switch and stuff like that. Um, so yeah. when we're when we're looking at obviously exercise selection, that's it seems like one of the things you would think that would be really important. And yeah, you want to have a broad horizon of movements. You want to make sure you're getting them kind of fundamental movements in. But the actual exercise itself is the least thing that's on mind because if like Mike's has mentioned, you're particularly struggling within a certain movement, then it's not the end of the world. We can pretty much swap that out for something else. Yeah, you might not be able to do a deadlift, but you might be able to do an RDL. You might be able to do a glute bridge. You might be able to do even less than that dial work. Like there's always somewhere on that spectrum we can start off with and occasionally, not occasionally, eventually build you up into that process where you're able to do that under a quite considerate load and all that. But a lot of that takes time. A lot of that coordination does take um, a lot of time. And a lot, there's also a lot of things in the background that if I start saying, I would get start significant terms, I start getting a little bit higher. So we'll keep it down a little bit. But um, yeah, definitely when it comes to the programming and stuff like that, there's, um, there's still a, an element, if we would say, of periodization and overloading at times. You can also look at it in terms of the fact that if I gave someone free reign on a movement or set them an intended tempo, that might make the movement also completely different for them. Yeah. And tempo's something I forgot to mention as well in that last one. Yeah, I, I forgot tempo to be fair. Uh, <laughs> I realised it then as we were speaking. I was like, I was like thinking of my sheet. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just certain stuff and programming will basically just be the dots that connect it all together. Yep. And that will be over an entire training block. Because mine typically try and run week to week because I like having structure for a person. So they're not umming and ahhing and they can kind of just look through and be like, oh. And then in my head, as ner- uh, I know as well, if I've just looked at their training sheets, I can be like, right, in two days time, they're doing this. So I can check in with them. I'll give them a message. You'll be like, how does this feel today? Oh, great. Bob on. <laughs> Get on like, there, sir. <laughs> my job is done. <laughs> but periodization, this is when it comes a little bit more specific and a little bit more to think about because you will have like an off-season and it's like Miles is not going to just turn into Jabba the Hutt for an off-season. Um, but his approach to training <laughs> might change. You never know, mate. I do like my food. So his approach to training might be adaptive because he might not be playing football as much. Yeah, That means that his training format, his training intensity, his training modality may adapt to the time of year. Because he can't go and create the stress that he would want to when, well, how many days 
do you train on how many days you should play? Are you you just are you just related to football training? Or are you talking about strength training as well? Talking football, and then we can play it around. So, so yeah, I'm currently playing for two different teams at the moment. Um, so my my current schedule is that I train. I train on Mondays and Tuesdays and Thursdays, and my games are Saturdays and Sundays. So I've got a very, very hectic. But obviously, like that will depend. That will depend if so. How many minutes I get on a Saturday will depend on how many minutes I play on Sundays. It's, it's just like that. Um, yeah. More case or not. But yeah. But when we're talking about periodization, um, we generally have a look at the the person in question's calendar. So. We might call, let's say we, we look at the whole year. So we're looking at uh, transition, off-season, pre-season, in-season. We're looking at the whole. We usually call that as a, a macro, macro, macro cycle. Just, <laughs> I, just, I can see now, Fitch. But yeah, um, <laughs> I'm going to say it's wrong again. A macro cycle. There we go. And we look at that as the annual thing. Come on, Mike, put yourself together, mate. We, we, as your shirt says, we don't miss. <laughs> In my case, we facing wrong. But yeah, and then what you do is you further break that up into your phases, which you might, um, especially if you go into the um, block periodization, which we'll explain a little bit more, um, you might break that up into your, your mesocycles. So one cycle might be more, Hypertrophy based, more cycle might be endurance based, my cycle might be my strength state. And then you break that even further into your, like your weekly blocks, which will be your micro cycles. And then obviously within the micro cycles, you have your t- training days and stuff like that. Um, they're important, especially if you know your schedule. So for example, like myself who plays football, obviously with I'm still in, in season at the moment. So it would be rather daft to have a max strength phase because my priority is the game. Like we will very much tether my intensity and volume towards my game. So I wouldn't want to have anything high workload, obviously next to a game period because I want to have energy for that. But somewhere later on or earlier on the week, I might have a heavier session that will allow me to have more rest time before that game team period. Um, yeah, it's that's the similar dam. And then the different periodization states you have, you have linear, which is either one and volume, volume goes up, intensity goes down, or vice versa, intensity goes up, volume goes down. You have undulated, so throughout the micro cycle or the week, um, you might have one session where intensity is high, volume is low, but another session where the volume is high, intensity is other, so it makes a match. Um, then you have block periodization. So this is where more or less like your, your sessions are more kind of set in their ways, but you very much focus on one modality where that's, again, hypertrophy, strength and all that stuff. And then later on, after another block, you might go for something else and focus on that. Um, all have their pros and cons. I don't know whether we'll go into their pros and cons in this podcast because that you could go on for ages and talk to them. Go on, Mike. Yes, you were putting your hand up for that. I could, There's you one talk. more, isn't there? Huh? There's one more. It's concurrent. Go on, you name it. The goat's just passed away. 
The what again? The goat. The goat. You got to explain me because the goat has gone past me now. That's that's gone through my head. That goat of uh, strength and conditioning. Westside barbell. Oh right. Okay, go on. You can explain this one, mate. On you go. On you go. So you basically work through like one main one and then have sort of smaller ones within, and basically just build up as main progressions and then a couple of secondary ones. Obviously, working through all seven is going to be something that's going to be quite <laughs> tough to endear, but the conjugate basically just can help you with a couple of factors at once. I'm very disappointed that Miles did not. Yeah, I don't want to usually focus on. Yeah, I usually go R. later, later on um, block. They're usually the three that I think as well. Yeah. But it, it, it depends on the sport as well. Yeah. Because look, we look at team sports as well, but then that's season long. Because you can also look at it as obviously I we've got I haven't got any experience with it. I mean, if I could get into that realm, not into that realm, but into the realm of working with the athletes for that, in terms of fighters, they won't have season long. They'll have like prep periods, four fights, and it'll be off season. So that's probably where conjugate would come in a little bit more. For like for team sports, I think unless you can push quite aggressively, I think you'd literally just say uh, baseline strength max strength little breather max power little breather start your season it, it depends though really really like yeah, uh, especially on how many competitions are in a period like you got also remember as well let's say within team sports um, and we're very much going very very into depth and things like Within a competition phase, let's say a league, you might have cup games that might yeah. interrupt that period. There's, it's it's a really big topic for discussion and stuff like that. Like, it depends on how depth we go with it, really. But um, the reason why periodization is, is so important to have is because if you've got a... Let's say you've got a particular goal. Let's say you want to let's say we go with you want to be a better athlete and you're someone who doesn't have that many much much doesn't have that much muscle mass and stuff like that we all know the more muscle you have the more potential force output you can give you potentially could um so you might have a longer phase of hypertrophy compared to someone who has already got muscle mass and that's what i mean it's if you're going into the realm of team sports you you Different players are going to have different periodizations with it. But as an in like an individual thing, that's where something like that might more be um, trying to think of the word, I'm trying to think of now. That might worry me more apparent to use periodization. It's very complex because obviously, like, you've got anomalies like Ash played football all winter and spring, and then he'll play cricket. You can't really have a phase of having like a development phase. <laughs> I mean, depending, actually, no, cricket's probably it's, about it's the person who plays two sports that trains like a bodybuilder. Yeah. Right. You, and that's the thing is like, this is the reason why periodization is a, a good thing, is because if you try to do all things at once, that's a big waiting list for someone to have an injury. 
like you, you need to prioritize it because there's no way you're going to be able to train as hard, as long, and as frequent as most people want. More isn't better at times. So sometimes you might have more periods where the intensity is going to be higher. Like I said, this is where we're now starting to go into more, I don't know, the force velocity curve where on the left you've got force and on the left you've got speed. But like you might have times where you have more volume, obviously more hypertrophy, whatever you want to call it, um, or endurance. And obviously you might want to, obviously if you can allow it, you might have more frequency on your times and stuff like that. It all depends. Like obviously, like let's say semi-professional football, semi-professional football, semi-professional athletes and stuff like that, or any athlete who has a job on the side or have kids and stuff like that, they might not have the luxury of training all the time compared to someone who's, let's say, younger, can do a lot more and stuff like that. We can spend a lot more time on it and stuff like that. Um, same with in the seasons as well. You're not going to be able to have as many strength training sessions in season because you've got competition games and you've got training compared to maybe the off season. The off season might be, and it usually is the most case of time where most development usually is made and go. But this is more this is more on the athletic side. If you're someone who's who just wants to get stronger or who does competition based like strongman and stuff like that, then Obviously, your focus is going to be what's going to happen in the gym because that's more specific to the actual sport. Yeah, because you're not going to be working to improve your aerobic capacity. Yeah, you know, your goal is to do one red max. I'm not going to see you do five or ten k, are you? Like, you might do that for a fitness, yeah. for a health aspect, but you ain't going to do that two or three, four weeks into you before you comp, are you? You're going to be focusing on your your max lift and being able to withstand and be able to be comfortable with that max lift. It's that specific, 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 specific. Oh, I can't say it. Specific. That. that o- the way. ocean between Pacific. The Pacific Ocean. Yeah, it's, it's just setting yourself as a priority. Well, not yourself. You're training as a priority to where the original focus and goal is. If you are eyeballing a lot and be like, yeah, no, I'm just going to lift one heavy lift. Because I think some people do it subconsciously in terms of, right, one day I'm going to lift heavy, one day I'm going to do 10 reps. Like, <laughs> kind of works. But I, this was a question I was going to ask you after, but I'm going to ask you anyway now. Have you ever looked at force velocity, for velocity-based training? Yeah, of course I have. Yeah, because I'm very curious now because I've just started it in terms of looking at it because it's obviously then different demands, but that can be an after. That can be episode 41. Once Mike's done his research. But yeah, just... <laughs> yeah, I've got something to talk about and I'm not just like... It's just like not along. But yeah, when it comes to... And, the thing is that a lot of people, and I don't know you've already said it before, Mike, and the fact that periodization might be more towards someone who might be in the more sporting context and stuff like that. But I, I personally believe even the the average job could use with periodization because if you've got someone who's committed and obviously in their fitness and stuff like that, and they want to do this, they want to do that and stuff like that, 
there's got to be an understanding that if they're starting from day one, there's got to be a level of this before this could happen and stuff. And that's where periodization comes into it. Yeah. The more detail you go, like anything, it's going to be for the more uh, advice, advice, advanced athletes or trainers. But you can still dumb it down to a person where the basics of it can still be used. I think probably the only difference and subtle difference will be is there's not a t- I don't think there's a such of a strict time frame with someone that just goes to the gym themselves. Like you'd still implement the application of terms of skill acquisition, hypertrophy, strength and power if they want to get really powerful. Someone that's not moving and just needs to go to the gym because the doctor told them to probably does not need to work on power. But then it's the application in terms of what's important to the individual. If Janine, who's 64 and has got type 1 diabetes and the doctor's telling her to do something wrong, it's still to stop moving. She might just look at something that she enjoys. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's like you like you said right at the beginning, it massively comes down to whether you enjoy that type of training or not. Like you could have the most scheduled, detailed plan on it plan the earth but if you don't enjoy it then it's not the right program for you and sometimes like whether circumstances allow it or not if if it's a case of just you use the gym for a release that's fine there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that and stuff like that. but if you want to take your results to the next level this is where this needs to this conversation needs to happen because obviously the whole point of periodization is to progress on progressive overload is to push you further to get a little result. And that's when we, every time we come into the gym and every time you try to make yourself better, there needs to be an element of that. Go on, you just go say something, Mike. I saw you. Yeah, no, it's, it takes into my head then just in terms of saying what you enjoy, because it's also going back in terms of, if you just said a hypertrophy phase as an example, and it's like your your back is growing massively and your chest is really weak or very small and not developing the way you would want it to. Like a simple question that I would ask is actually what do, in, what do you enjoy training the most? Oh, back. Well, do you think you put more intensity and effort into your back sessions because you enjoy it? Oh yeah, definitely. Do you, do you, rep- do you represent that effort and replicate it for your push sessions and your chest sessions and your exercises i wouldn't say so no it's like that's one coaching point that i could literally just say in terms of you need to match your effort and that as a periodization phase could be we're not looking at effort in terms of one thing we actually know that's programming sorry we look at programming and just be like well we need to have a programming phase or a periodization phase where we implement more frequency or volume yeah and that's where again periodization comes into the play of it so where we've we've kind of started him saying it is like a, it's two different entities it's not it's just it's 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 it's, it's together there's a kind of a spectrum with it and all of that it's just the level again it's a level of detail that you want to go into it but that comes down to obviously the level of intent and in intent and in yeah enjoyment and probably how much you want to go into it 
and stuff like that. I used, I used intent and extent on a video. What's the intent of what you're doing and what's the extent that you're working towards that? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, to be honest, like I've, I think we've 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 gone through the premise. I think if we if we said any more, I think we would have to spend another half an hour probably explaining it. So I reckon we've we've done all right now. I reckon we've end we've end the podcast now. Um because yeah, just because there's so there's so much more we can discuss. We could literally even go into discussion of each of the ways of how to periodize. And yeah. each one probably deserves its own episode in its facts or a specific part of each one as well. But I've, I think what we were trying to aim for today is obviously give you guys a level of understanding of why you program and why you also periodize these. Um, so, Mike, anything you want to add on top of that? I feel like we should do a part two. Right. Well, well what we'll do is then, for you lucky people who view and listen to this, we'll go into more of the, the detail of the different types of periodization. So we'll make it more towards periodization and how that affects programming. So there you go. There you go. You got a glimpse of episode 41, you lucky devils. But right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for um, listening to this episode of the podcast. Obviously, if you've got any questions about the subject, you can ask myself or Mike here. I have a few uh, YouTube channels, Instagram, anytime socials. Um, if you like this episode of the podcast, please like, subscribe, and share. It really helps us out when it comes to the podcast. But, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your day. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you guys on the next episode. And on that note, adios. Peace. Peace.